1: Support comes from FoodWorks Natural Market, your local full-service organic and natural food store, offering health and wellness programs in a variety of vegan and vegetarian selections. Located in Guilford, Old Saybrook, and Cheshire, information at food-works.org. Faith here with a welcome toast. It was Charles de Gaulle who said, How can you be expected to govern a country that has 246 kinds of cheese? Please feel free to consume this show podcast in small bites or eat the whole thing. I got that sunshine in my pocket, got that good soul in my feet, I feel that hot blood in my body. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, inviting you to eat, drink, and be merry. My treasured food buddy is here, senior contributor Chris Brassberry of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut. Here's what we want to talk about. It is... One of the most interesting and satisfying food magazines out there. I'm talking about Savur, and we're here to celebrate it and send you a one-year gift subscription. For many years, this magazine of outstanding recipes, this has been passed around in this office as soon as it arrives, and sometimes... A staffer, Chris, loses <laughs> her mind and rips out an irresistible recipe. I have a few in my pocket right now. Yeah, and that provokes <laughs> scowls from from our colleagues. But how do you resist a recipe, for instance, from a home cook in Italy who agrees to give sever? Her fish stew family recipe with all the secrets in it. We traveled to Italy to do this, and Sever is doing the legwork for you, adapting these recipes so that you can get these ingredients here so that they're not crazy, crazy exotic and make our version of this true Italian specialty. That's the kind of thing that Sever does. They might have a certain international spice that can elevate beef tenderloin to this stratospheric level. And so that's why we pour through every issue of Sever magazine. And we have its editors on our show during the year. You might remember our interview with the director of the test kitchen a few months ago, because they do test and test the recipe. So what we've lined up for you today, in addition to the this gift subscription that we're going to tell you about throughout the show for a year of Sever. In addition to that, we have Editor-in-Chief Adam Sachs and the Test Kitchen Director, Stacy Adamondo. Welcome to the Food Schmooze. Thank Thank you. you. Super happy to be here. It's great to have them here. Chris, finally, we're all together. Oh, my gosh. I love your magazine, Adam. We
0: use it all the time. It's just refreshing to see the recipes and the articles. It's great to hear.
1: Adam, what's your philosophy? You certainly do things all over the United States of America, and then you do people and places around the world. So you've got this armchair food travel Where I'm reading it like literature in bed at night and thinking, oh, I'm going to make that. Oh, I want to go to Sicily, (laughs) you know, and then we're cooking things with all these recommendations. So what's your philosophy?
2: Silver has always been a magazine that follows food to its source, and what that means these days, when you can, you know, go on your phone and find an infinite number of recipes for whatever cuisine you know strikes your fancy, you really have to have stories that give you a sense of context and take you somewhere. So there's an actionable side to the recipes, but you also really want to be able to, like you said, sit back and read a story and uh, you know imagine going along for the adventure with the writer.
0: When I read one of your articles, I read it and then I try to make some of the food from the recipes, and then as I'm eating. It it sort of
2: brings you back in your memory to
0: reading the article, and I think that's what Savour does for me.
2: Oh, that's great to hear. We all want stories with our food. You know, we want to be able to cook for our friends and say, "This is something I tried in a little bistro," or you know, on my travels, or I bought this plate, or I brought this ingredient, or I read a story that really transported me, and and I felt like uh, making it, and I feel like I'm there.
1: And and there's there's one other thing I want to say, Adam, and that is that. I was a friend of Julia Childs, and um, we would go, we'd be at food conferences, and she would sign up. You know, they would have these classes and teachings throughout the day about how things work, how salt came to be, the many varieties it ended up being, the history of the potato, some of which you do in your magazine, and she couldn't sign up for enough of them. And And I would say, why do you do that? And she said, because... This isn't just food. This is part of our human culture. And right. to have the context of all this stuff and then to, to meet the home cooks who do the star stuff and the chefs and see these beautiful photographs in your magazine. It is a fuller, richer picture of these places and this food. So we really appreciate that.
2: Oh, I love hearing that. I love hearing that story about Julia, too.
1: Yeah. So we're going to dive into a recipe. Chris, this is the one that we chose. Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> Just a picture. So we're talking with the editor-in-chief of Sever Magazine, and that is Adam Sachs. And the test kitchen director, you're going to hear what Stacey Adamondo does in that test kitchen. Here is a, from one of the issues. We went crazy over this. And I know this happened at the magazine, too, when you did this in the test kitchen. We think it's called scotch. It's a Sicilian street food. The picture. What? How? This is like a combination. It's a lasagna bread.
2: It's like if lasagna and babka had a baby, and it (laughs) it was, and and the baby was magical, (laughs) a gifted child. It is. Yes.
1: Oh my goodness! If you look at this like a loaf, because it's baked Mm -hmm. in a loaf pan. And then inside, it's all folded, folded, folded layers of tomato sauce and cheese. And it's all melted and dripping. And you said in this little story about it, plus the recipe in here, of course, that when you slice this and people started eating it, the staff went crazy, right?
3: It was a favorite. And I think it's kind of like this hybrid of a pizza dough. Like it's a yeasted dough. So it's got a little bit of its bounce and chewiness like a pizza dough and then sort of also like lasagna noodles on the inside where it doesn't quite fully bake through with all that cheese and sauce. So you've got this sort of great layered, moist, craggly, lasagna-esque center with the bread on the outside. It's. It's amazing.
2: I'm getting a little dizzy just <laughs> remembering it. <laughs> to this. Yeah,
1: the, the idea that this is a Sicilian street food—it just absolutely knocks me out—and that we can do this at home, and it's not as hard as no, as you think. I think I could do it easily enough, right? Yeah, you've got a little chart here can, of step one, two, three, four. Totally. Stacey, what do you think?
3: If you could layer cheese onto a grilled cheese sandwich, you can make this recipe because it's essentially like. Spreading out the exact same elements that go on top of a pizza, the sauce that's really simple, it's tomatoes, garlic, really barely anything more, a little bit of a cheese, which is a little bit more spicy than a provolone, and then this bread that takes no time to make, you know, kind of just let it sit and do its own work and then you layer those things together and roll them up into a log and put them in a loaf pan and you come out with this incredible thing that everyone oh. around you is going to love you for. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and you're going to yeah. blow them
0: away because no one's ever had anything like if this If you bring before.
3: this to a party, to a potluck, yeah. are you kidding me? Forget <laughs> it. Like, nothing else will be touched.
1: I know. This could get you elected president. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not <laughs> it's not too late. It's not too late. Okay. Um, so I'm looking at the section of magazine that is all about Sicily. And Sicily in Italy, a lot of travel editors tell me it was the last place anybody wanted to go and all the places in Italy. And when they all went, they all said, oh my God, this is the best food in all of Italy. So it has Sicily, as as you folks know, at the magazine, African roots and that sort of African-Arab mixture mixed in with Italian culture. And so you see you've got all these recipes in here, including that street food we we mentioned. But we have this one up on our site, and thank you very much. Sicilian seafood stew with almonds and couscous. Mm. Can you tell me about this?
3: Like many parts of Italy, Sicily has a very, very unique regional cuisine. And it's something that almost shocks the system when you first see it, because you sort of think, where am I? First of all, obviously it's surrounded by water, so you're getting all the freshest fish. There's herbs that you rarely see in other parts of Italy, a lot of mint going on. And then there's this wonderful accent of dried fruits and nuts, like pine nuts and almonds, you know, things that you just really don't immediately go to and say, obviously I would find that in Italy. So this soup was wonderful because it was sort of an amalgamation of all of these very unique, eccentric, eclectic things that people, I think, go to Sicily for.
1: It's very unique compared to other parts of Italy. And where do you get this particular recipe? Sometimes you've got a home cook, someone from a village, and you say, wow, this woman makes the most astounding whatever. For this recipe, did you get, this is from Western Sicily, from a chef? Because it's easy enough for any of us to do. You just go into the fish market and request a bunch of things and then make this broth. So where is it from?
2: So this story uh, is a lovely story uh, written by a writer named Adam Golner, And he traveled all around the island looking for these, as you say, the roots of African and North African influence on the cuisine. So he was stopping in restaurants and talking to people and getting their recipes, most of these we adapted to the particular fish you can get in a typical American market. I have a question about adapting the recipe because your recipes work so great all the time.
0: I mean, is that a hard thank process, you. taking them from Italy with its different ingredients and different measurements too, right?
3: Well, thank you for saying that because we pride ourselves in making sure that everything that we publish works well for the home cook and will come out the way that you see it on the pages in the magazine. That's very important to us. At few other food magazines or any publications, do you really get such an international look at food? Our writers go out, find these incredible things, and then funnel all this information back to us as much as they possibly can, exactly what type of almonds, exactly how long they toasted them for, you know exactly what type of couscous they used and We do our best here in New York City to find those things, make sure everybody else can find them, you know, if not at a gourmet store or a specialty spice shop, at least online, and then really work as closely as we can to the recipe that we were given from these international places.
1: What I appreciated so, the end is that you. Um, Have a little travel guide of great places to stay, restaurants to visit when you're in a particular area. And that's the kind of thing, along with these big, beautiful photographs of architecture and the sea and the food itself, that Chris makes me sit there and uh, just dream of
0: being there as you're eating. That yeah. Soup, right? I, and and sometimes that I soup, pretend right? I'm
1: cooking. You know, yeah. I just think <laughs> I'm actually never going to make this. I just think, oh, yes, yeah, someday I'm, yeah. I'm going to make that. So it's well, I dreaming.
3: That's the idea is that if you can't be there, you want to be as close as you can to those authentic experiences.
2: One of the nice things about engaging with these stories in print is that you've got the narrative story. You've got the travel story. And then next to it, you've got the recipe. And maybe you're not going to make the recipe that day, or maybe you won't ever make it. If you love to cook, you can glance at the list of ingredients, and you see the pine nuts and the currants or the raisins or whatever it is, and you get a sense of these influences in Italian cuisine. And it fills in the picture for you in a way that I think just looking up a recipe online doesn't quite do.
1: Adam, we're about to take a break and tell people how we intend to offer a year subscription of Sever as a thank you for supporting this show in just a second. So if the two of you would just endure the praise for a couple of minutes, that would be great. <laughs> you know, here we are in a time when I remember back in the 50s when Gourmet was around and it was one of the classic K days for Gourmet and they started talking about international food and, and people would say, oh, my God, there's a thing called chow mein and we can make <laughs> it at home, you know. And in a way, there's something that Sever does that is filled with what I call Called the Secrets, where currants in a meatball with pine nuts is going to make a particular kind of regional specialty, just these added little things that make your meatballs not taste like anybody else's meatballs and are true to their roots, true to this particular region of Italy. That's what Sever Magazine is trying to do. So we would love to send you a subscription of the magazine. And here is our senior producer Robin doyon Aiken to tell us how that works.
4: Hey, Faith, thank you. So first I want to admit that I get a lot of magazines at my house. I am a food magazine junkie. If you're anything like me, you've got a pile of food magazines in your kitchen too. Here's your chance to add to that pile while doing your part to keep this party on the air. Call 1-800-584-2788 with a pledge of $5 a month and we'll send you Sever magazine. You have your car radio preset to WNPR because you want to learn about the world and you know that listening to WNPR is the best way to do that. Please show your support for the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze and all of WNPR shows by calling 1-800-584-2788 or by clicking the Donate button on wnpr.org or schmooze.org. Sever and WNPR actually have a lot in common. Both are focused on stories that bring you a sense of place. With your contribution, you ensure that we can continue to bring you those stories there is a lot going on in our region, in the food world and otherwise. Help us tell you those stories. 1-800-584-2788 is the number to call. $5 a month gets you a year of Savour magazine. I always learn something new about what people are cooking and eating here in the United States and in the world's food hubs like Paris and Italy and Spain. Yeah,
1: and other places around the world, too. So here's the toll-free number, 1-800- 584-2788. You can bring your charge card to the phone if that's more convenient for you. And of course you can go online to wnpr.org Pick out some other gift for yourself. If you're not interested in this one, I don't know why you wouldn't be because we in the studio love this magazine. It has been around here for years and years and years and there's a little bit of a fight over who's going to look at it first. So $5 a month, it's our gift to you it's our way of saying thanks and think about this right robin Every single time this magazine comes out, it's, uh, you know, it's that cliche about the gift that keeps on giving. And if you want, you can actually send it off to somebody else if you want to make a surprise gift to someone in your family or some friend who loves to cook and support this show and WNPR at the same time.
4: That's right. An early Christmas present, 1-800-584-2788. It's the number to call to support WNPR or go to wnpr.org and click on the red Donate button. You'll find the same little red donate button on foodschmooze.org. It's up on the right.
1: In the issue I'm just cruising through, of course, I can't predict what's coming, although I, I have so- sources right here, so I'm, I'm going to find out. But <laughs> here in a previous issue is fish and potato tikis with chili and lime. So, Chris... These little cakes of deliciousness with these Indian spices. There are lentils with peanuts in them in this magazine. I told you about the whole Sicilian issue. And I think we all now are starting to branch out a little bit and try different spices. We've tried sumac on the show and lots of other things. And I think
0: these magazines are what really brings us these ingredients, right? That's why we learn about them, and that's why we try to use them. And that's why stores are stocking them. It's the whole thing coming together. starting with a magazine like that, writing about sumac.
1: The history of food is in here. So you can read all that, too, and then get these recipes and meet these people and feel like you've got armchair travel. Here it is, 1-800-TOLL-FREE, 584-2788, a full year subscription to Sabur Magazine from us to U.S. Thanks. We'll be right back. I'm Faith Middleton with Chris Prosberry, our senior contributor. Alex Province uh, will be back with us very soon, and we are focusing in celebrating in a way one of our favorite magazines that comes in here on the show, and we constantly refer to it. We've had their staff on the show, and they're with us today again, and that's Adam Sachs, editor in chief, and Stacy Adamondo, who's the test kitchen director. And it's Sever Magazine, and we do, all of us, love to savor what we have. And so that's what that's all about. In one of the issues, Chris and Adam and Stacy, there is, you did a feature on the Smith Island cake. And this is one of those cakes that has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 very skinny layers with chocolate icing in between each of those thin layers and on the top of the cake. And I almost fell over. This is the official state cake of Maryland, and you've got a recipe in here for it. Tell us about this.
2: Well, this is a great example. Oh, by the way, I love that Louis Jordan uh, music that uh, brought us into this. <laughs> yeah, cool. um, thank you. But this is a great example to me of something that, I mean, I didn't know about this. This is a cake that came from Smith Island, Maryland, on the Chesapeake Bay. And it's, you know, this is a sort of, there are different versions of, of how it got there and who invented it. And, and maybe it was influenced by the Dobus tort. But it's just a nice sort of story about an American classic. I mean, I don't know how well known it is, but that there are still regional differences in American food and there are still places where they make and are known for specific dishes, which I think is just always a great subject for us to cover. That's awesome. Yeah. I just love those kinds of stories regionally about this Me country. Too.
1: Yeah, we, we go to other countries and we think that we think of regional foods. Mm-hmm. And then we think in our own country of something much more broad, you know, right. old Southern and Eastern, you know, things like that. But right. here we California. are, one little region <laughs> Tiny. of this little, uh, you know, right near us. And this cake we were just swooning over. And yeah. it, it's a cake that is not hard to make. For the icing, it's evaporated milk and unsweetened chocolate and a little butter and vanilla and sugar, of course. And then, for the cake layers, just flour and baking powder, salt, sugar, butter, eggs, milk, and vanilla ex- extract and they tell you how to how to put this together so again, a regional specialty it is considered a national treasure in the state of Maryland, and I think now that it 's in your magazine it 's probably going to become one of these um, treasures of the country so beautiful to see great photograph. Uh, it
0: Make, makes me want to do a side trip the next time I'm driving through Maryland. And I do that every once in a while. And I, it just makes me want to go there and have the cake. Right, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, just reading about it, you're yeah. like, wow, I want to go there. And just, even if it's a, just for 15 minutes, stop somewhere, have right. the cake, and leave.
1: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah.
2: have, it, have it at its source. Yeah.
1: Um, there is – one of your food stories in the magazine is for – A cornbread coffee cake with fresh figs and walnut streusel. I'm going into this not only to tempt you with these flavors together, to expand your imagination as you listen and think, I never thought about it. I wouldn't just make cornbread. I could actually make a coffee cake with cornbread dough and add some fresh fruit, so fresh figs, and make a little walnut streusel. Here's how to do it. And then we see where this comes from in the world. So we have this recipe, thanks to Sever, at our site right now, foodchmoose.org. But we're telling you about it because we want you to to understand what's coming your way when you sign up for this, our thank you gift to you for supporting the show at $5 a month. And that is recipes like these that we're talking about. So tell us, cornbread coffee cake with fresh figs and walnut strusel. If I could run right now and make this, I would.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's amazing about this cake is that no matter what time of day you are in the mood for it, you can find an excuse to eat it. It's sort of a cross between like a breakfast-style coffee cake, Mm -hmm. but then it's cornbread, so it's got a savory side, and Mm -hmm. I think depending on whether or not you wanted to pair it with ice cream or whipped cream or just have it on its own as sort of a sweet and savory side to a nice roast chicken or something, mm-hmm. you, could, you could really find an excuse to eat this cake any time of day. So that's my kind of cake. Yeah, me, um, the- me too.
2: I like that the word coffee, when it modifies cake, just allows you to have it for breakfast. It, doesn't <laughs> right. matter that. it just gives you permission for Big leaf, no pun
1: no, <laughs> intended. Yeah, um, or to say, gee, I have so much work to do. I better have a piece of cornbread coffee right. cake. Right. right near that, we're a little bit out of tomato season, I know, but there's a roasted and fresh tomato pie. And I think that you opened my my mind because I thought, right, why am I not putting fresh tomatoes in a tomato pie. Why am I not making tomato pie in the first place? So I love that combination of the roasted and the raw together. Wonderful.
2: Yeah, these recipes came to us from uh, Vivian Howard, and she. We were lucky enough to have her make the, uh, the tomato pie for us in the Test Kitchen in New York for a dinner she did there a little while ago, and it was. It kind That's of blew standing. everyone's mind. Yeah. Mm.
3: We've got sort of a quiche-like interior, so she kind of chops up some really beautiful ripe heirloom tomatoes, which, again, are sort of going out of season now. But she folds them inside the filling of the pie, and then she also thinly slices them on the top so they get really sort of crispy-edged and caramelized in the oven underneath the broiler. And it's just this unbelievable pairing with the buttery crust. Again, the type Mm -hmm. of thing you could have at brunch or as a lunch or just whenever you really feel like it. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, nice side salad and that. This is a little a unf- glass of wine.
1: This is that, yes, this is a little unfair <laughs> because the issue I'm looking at is from the summertime and when we were enjoying some of these things. But I want you to understand that what Savour is doing, they're they're following the seasons, they're looking at specialties, and they're matching all that up together around the world and here in you know, including here in the United States. So I stumbled on in that same issue, this after the snow cocktail. And this is made from Pisco, which is a Chilean spirit that is, you know, now Mm -hmm. widely available in the United States in the past couple years. And this is served at, I think it's Awasi Lodge in Patagonia, right?
2: Yeah, this was great. I didn't. Get to go down there to have it, but we made it in the uh, (laughs) office and it was delicious.
1: So white grapes, a little bit of celery and the leaves from the celery. uh, Pisco, you can get it now in just about any liquor store. Uh, Squeezed lemon juice, simple syrup, and lime zest. And um, after the snow, now I'm trying to be seasonal here because that's coming. That's coming. coming. (laughs) Before (laughs) the snow, after the snow. Um, Okay, and then... You did a piece on considering the southern oyster. I yes. love this story because people don't realize how great the oysters are in the south.
2: Yeah, this was a fun story. Uh, Brett Anderson, who's a restaurant critic from down there, who lives in New Orleans, did a tour around the south and talked about the revitalized oyster industry there. And that they're not just for shucking with you know a bunch of beers. And um, they're actually sort of being taken seriously down there. And um, you can have them in raw bars at... Uh, Restaurants from Charleston and then making their way up here, too.
1: So Adam Sachs, editor-in-chief of Sever Magazine. I'm with Chris Perry, senior contributor on the show. And um, there's a an, an, uh, feature in here about the Silk Road. And so much of what we eat today yeah. originated there. And so here you have... All these uh, Uyghur villages and the story of that, where it is in the world, how these roads intersected, what the spice world and the trail was like. And then these recipes of things that we can actually make here using these spices, meaning the flavors of the Middle East in China. So there's a flatbread that is so delicious i like lamb some people don't mm-hmm. but there's chili and cumin lamb kebabs
2: people people don't like lamb
1: People don't like Who? lamb. It stuns me, but it's okay. Not,
2: that's not me. Why? Um,
1: <laughs> Why? Here, here's a salad that I could eat 24 hours a day. Same thing goes with cilantro, but it's cilantro and peanut salad. Ooh. Soy and kosher salt, a touch of sugar, sesame oil, toasted peanuts, sesame seeds, cilantro chopped up, and a little red bell pepper. Uh, that's that's chopped up too. What a salad to serve, See, go, Chris. These
0: these really take you to a different place in your mind. You know, sometimes I'll take an old savor off the shelf and just look at it just to get a fresh perspective. When you come home and you want to eat something, and you just don't want to eat the same thing over and over again, and you want to make something new, and you look through and you find a recipe like that that would take what minutes to make, and it brings you to this whole different place, right, as far as flavors and mm. ingredients.
1: Yeah, there's a Middle Eastern spice, sumac, and I know you you both know what that is. It's very hard for me to even describe what that flavor is. There's a little bit of citrus in it to me and some other flavor I can't even identify. I love it so much that I sprinkle it or put it into just about everything. And I think that's what this magazine does. You pick a thing from a particular part of the country or the world and say, people use this, give it a try. And it transforms something. And you think, oh, when I go to restaurants in these places, that's why it tastes so good. We're going right. to get to Chef Dale Talday, who is a Filipino-American. He was in Chicago. Amazing, amazing chef. Here's this guy. And can, how do you explain what he does?
2: So Dale Talday is a, a young, funny guy uh, who has some restaurants in New York and Brooklyn, I think. And this is a story where uh, his uh, co-author of his book – uh, a friend of ours named J.J. Good uh, went back to Chicago with him, to suburban Chicago, and they kind of ate the food he grew up on. They, they went to the markets and uh, they ate the Filipino-American sort of hybrid mm-hmm. uh, food that his mother made growing up uh, and, you know, that he had mixed negative feelings about when he was trying to, you know, fit in in high school and rebel against what your parents put on the table. Right. And then now he really, really celebrates and loves
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, he's using uh, adobo and pork belly with these uh, beautiful sauces. Tells you how to do an adobo with chicken livers. So if you're a chicken liver fan, as I am, oh wow, you could really transform that into something. Um, I ate at his restaurant, and it was just absolutely fantastic. So we're coming up to a break again to tell you how we're offering you a year subscription. Thanks to the generosity of Sever Magazine. a year subscription to the magazine as thanks for supporting the Food Schmooze the way you have and the way you do I hope if you've never done it before you will jump in because this is why we exist this is how we exist this is how we keep the lights on and do what we do and have these conversations and research and uh, give you all, curate for you all the best things we can just the way Silver Magazine is doing the same thing so Robin Doyon Aiken is with me and here is the toll-free number at $5 a month Month, a year of this. Every month, some surprises coming to you in these issues. one 584 2788
4: Robin. Yes, that is the number to call to support WNPR and keep the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze Party going well into the future. Or click the donate button on wnpr.org or foodschmooze.org and make your contribution today. For a contribution of $5 a month, we'll send you Sever magazine for a year, which means you'll get hundreds of new recipes to try, plus armchair travel galore, and you get the backstory on recipes, ingredients, global cuisines, and the cooking tips and tricks of some of the best chefs in America and the world. Faith and the gang love the local. They work hard to sniff out the best Connecticut chefs, artisans, restaurant owners, and people who live and work in your town who are passionate about food and drink.
1: 1-800-584-2788. I'm Faith Middleton with Robin Doyon Aiken, and we encourage you to uh, join your friends and neighbors and go to the phone and support the Food Schmooze, support all the shows you hear on WNPR. WNPR has quite Quite a lineup of local shows. We all listen to the national shows and we think that is terrific. Without a sense of place, it doesn't work. That's the combination you want where resources are put into local programming. Our job here on the Food Schmooze, for instance, is to tell you not only what's going on around the world, but right here, what are our roots? You know, we think we have talent here to beat the band. So all the other shows are doing this, too, the local shows. So a toll-free number at $5 a month. Our thank you gift to you, a year of Sever magazine. 1-800-584-2788. Many people go online to wnpr.org, and you'll see the red button to pledge and pick out a gift for yourself if you don't want this magazine. Robin.
4: You've gone on Facebook to share your favorite pizza, ice cream, and breakfast spots with us, and today we are asking you to share something else. Cold, hard cash. (laughs) I know it's a tough ask, but we have to do it. For your contribution of $5 a month, we'll send you the classiest food mag going, and we'll keep bringing you the most interesting voices in the Connecticut food scene, uh, which keeps getting more exciting by the minute. We can barely keep up with the new breweries and barbecue places popping up in our state Mm -hmm. that are so worth trying. Mm. If you made a food discovery this past summer because of something you heard on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, if you attended either the heart-to-heart champagne dinner or the martini competition this year, if you bought a wine that Alex Provence or Mark Raymond recommended on the show or cooked a recipe that Chris Prosperi shared, or if hearing his laugh on the show makes you laugh, we are asking for your support right now. 1-800-584-2788 is the number to call to support the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze and all of WNPR's news and talk shows. $5 a month gets you Sever Magazine, a magazine we love and learn from every single month, plus our sincere thanks.
1: We have one more mouth watering bite of the Fuchsmoose coming up. Here's something great to know about. Sign up for the app called NPR1. Just download it from the iPhone App Store or your Android device. And once you do, you can set WNPR as your local station. Couldn't be easier. Download the free app NPR1 and start listening. Let's party on more Fuchsmous. Superman got nothing, then on I'm only one. Call me I'm Faith Middleton, and this is a special edition of the Food Schmoo's Party. Chris Prosberry. Is here with me, a senior contributor, and we are talking, as you know, celebrating Sever Magazine with the editor-in-chief, Adam Sachs, and Stacey Edamondo, who is the director of the Test Kitchen, where they test out all these recipes from around the world. They make them work for us as um, home cooks. There is a wonderful idea in here. You know dolmas, the uh, grape leaves in Greek food that are rolled around rice? In some Mm -hmm. cultures, Chris, there might be pine nuts in there, too, or there might even be a little meat in there. Here's a recipe that they found for savourer, cabbage dolmas. So instead of using the grape leaves that you would buy in a jar jar. or... Unless you live in California, I guess. Uh, here you would use the cabbage leaves. Which we have tons of. <laughs> to make. So in a way, this is like a miniature stuffed cabbage, yeah. which is it's a wonderful idea. I've filled this time with, there's tomato sauce and rice as usual, but ground beef. This is just the way I like this.
3: I love this recipe because it's so adaptable. Once you nail that filling and you have the ground beef and spices and herbs all folded in, you can really use anything to wrap it or to stuff it into. So we suggest, you know, maybe zucchini, hollowing out the seeds and making a little boat of zucchini and putting the filling in there and then Mm -hmm. roasting it. Or um, even tomatoes, peppers, anything. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of this wonderful thing to just get into your repertoire and then be able to use over and over with whatever you have on hand.
2: And what I love about this is what makes it so severe to me is that... You know, it's not just a domos recipe, which would be great on its own, but it's Part of this story about the wine industry in Armenia, and that um, there's a mm-hmm. cave in Armenia thought to be the oldest uh, known uh, wine producing site, sixty one hundred years old wine producing site. So you get this travel narrative, you get the culture, you learn about Armenia, and then you find out that the writer, you know, f- what he finds is that they eat dolmas with everything, and that you know, as Stacy was saying, there are all these wonderful ways you can adapt and play with that mm. that form.
1: And you know, here is a recipe that can be, well, essentially is gluten free.
3: Yes. It's fully gluten-free. Yeah, okay. Um,
1: I, of course, I think a wedding without pigs in a blanket is just a ridiculous idea. I, they, I think they just need to be at every single wedding. And um, it's one of my favorite things from long ago, one of those classics. You can't imagine how excited I was to see this uh, article. <laughs> with, it brings uh, you back. By, of all people, Mitchell Davis and Laurent Gras yeah. doing uh, their version of Pigs in a Blanket. It was the most exciting thing to me.
2: So this is a fun uh, column that uh, Mitchell Davis, who is uh, in addition to working at the James Beard Foundation, is is a really accomplished home cook. And Laurent Gras of course is a really accomplished professional cook who's worked in many uh, multi-Michelin starred restaurants. And they love to cook together and they tackle classics uh, that are maybe not things you would think chefs and cooks of the of their caliber would play with, so in this one, they take the lowly, although you, as you point out, beloved pigs in a blanket, and they kind of go whole hog on it. They make their own <laughs> butter, they make their own <laughs> dough they make they grind the meat for their own sauce i don 't think they actually raise the animals. <laughs> Or, or harvested the wheat but that's probably just because they didn't we didn't give them time to do it otherwise they would uh, right. yeah we told them just to simplify, yeah. simplify. <laughs> um, and these are again these are these are you know we're we're pretty used to good smelling things and good tasting things coming out of this for a test kitchen and you kind of wander around the office and there's just mounds of deliciousness. But these kind of drove everyone crazy with the this oh. this buttery, buttery oh. fragrance. And wow. Yumminess.
1: Yeah. And you certainly don't have to make your own sausage. <laughs> no. um, you don't have to. Y- you could actually buy pizza dough and roll it out and make these, you know, without making the dough. But they really, the Absolutely. dough is the key. Yeah. To this recipe, I think. And so it is so worth making this dough, this sort of variation on a southern-style biscuit dough. And then they made this fabulous dipping sauce, never mind just a little mustard for them, <laughs> lemon and, and Dijon and egg yolks and buttermilk and parsley and garlic flakes and Spanish paprika. It just heaven on earth. You know, this is a reason to get married right here. Never mind. Just <laughs> them. Um, really I, a lot I think, of fun. I
2: think both Mitchell and Laurent are married, unfortunately.
1: Uh, to each other, you mean? Or, no, no, no. no, no, no. no. I'm just saying they're, they're taken. They're taken.
2: <laughs> yeah. You need to find someone else to make you. Can't
1: this marry for them you. for their pigs in a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we have here a kind of history of the chicken that is in here. If you wonder where all these breeds came from and how the chicken came to be what it is, There's that part of food history, and is absolutely fascinating. And then starts the recipes. And I'm a fan of Riesling wine. And this particular recipe, Chris, this is very from your part of the world, Alsace. Pan-seared chicken with Riesling cream sauce, chanterelle mushrooms, and shard. I mean, come on! (laughs) Isn't that just you want that for dinner tonight? Yeah, I don't know why I'm not working in that test kitchen.
3: (laughs) We loved this one so much, we went ahead and made it our cover. Um, This was just one of those recipes that hits every note. It makes you feel like you're cooking refined food from your kitchen, but at the same time, it's so simple. You get the chicken skin nice and crispy, and then you just set it and forget it in the oven while you make the sauce. And the sauce itself couldn't be simpler. There's a little bit of cream in there, the chanterelle mushrooms, which are... Just around this time of year, and we absolutely covet this time of year for that reason. Mm. Them and a little bit of greens and some red onion, it all just kind of simmers for a little while, and then it's a pool of sauce for that crispy chicken. So, you know, you get the contrast of that creamy sauce and the crispy chicken, and it's just perfect.
1: And there is something, you know, we know this when we make sausage and sauerkraut and we use Mm -hmm. Riesling, and there's something about Riesling and chicken and mushrooms together with something with fat in it it could be butter it could be cream as it is in this case Magic. that oh it is killer i see why you chose this for the cover that's the kind of thing that happens when Sever magazine comes in the door they are talking also on this particular issue about perfect pan roasted chicken and scones of all kinds we also thought this shaved carrot tart with ricotta was so interesting
0: yeah different but then just beautiful looking
1: if that you... was my baby that i
3: really enjoyed putting together i went to the farmer's market and i looked at the carrots and there were just these piles of gorgeous magenta colored orange colored yeah. yellow white carrots and i said you know what i need all of these so i bought about uh-huh. I don't know, 20 pounds of carrots, lugged them back from the farmer's market, and all I thought was, I just want to see these laid out on a beautiful crust, and that's it. Not buried under something, not covered in a sauce. I just wanted to see them, you know, masqueraded on top of this crust. So it was really fun to put together, and it's really easy to make and Super impressive.
1: Uh, And the topping is, it looks gorgeous, but ricotta, extra virgin olive oil, the carrots, lemon zest helps there. A little bit of coriander seeds and um, cilantro leaves. What's
3: interesting about it is that, you know, carrots can really skew very, very sweet if you allow them to go in that direction. You know, if we had seasoned them with brown sugar and butter, really it would kind of almost start to taste dessert-like. But I wanted this to be savory and really, um, you know, break, like preserve the vegetal quality of the carrots and not not take them into that sweet place. So I thought, how can I do that? And, you know, their natural greens, you know, if you can buy the carrots in a farmer's market or, uh, you know, a high-end grocery store that they leave the greens on, they've got this great bitter quality to them that just is like a natural contrast to the carrot sweetness. And it's it's attached right to the same root. So... That was lovely. And, and also the coriander spice on there and the caraway seed, it just kind of took it into this beautiful, savory dressing instead of a, a sweeter note. And I loved that about it.
1: I think you're also talking about uh, the way that we humans eat with the eye Definitely. As, as much as uh, the nose and mm-hmm. the stomach, you know, that there is something transporting about that, um, some kind of signaling system, and if you're someone, some people have an extra appreciation of beauty. This is one of those cases where this is so truly colorfully beautiful that it would be irresistible on any table and easy to make. Um, I don't want to end this. We're talking about celebrating Sever magazine, which is a a favorite of people in the food world. It's around our offices all the time. Honeycomb Einkorn scones with hazelnuts and rosemary. This is that einkorn uh, Uh, flower, which, um, as you described, we've had this on the show, and we're very excited about Jovial Foods bringing back this einkorn in the way that they have. So here you are doing these honeycomb einkorn scones uh, with hazelnuts and rosemary.
3: These were one of those recipes that, you know, I sort of thought, okay, I can picture, you know, typical scone batter and a couple ingredients in there that'll, you know, flavor it up a bit. That should be your standard scone. And they came out of the oven, and I actually think I did, like, a little dance of jumping up and down. (laughs) This was one of the best baked goods we've ever had come out of our kitchen to me. So this was a recipe adapted from the Brooklyn Bread Lab they are doing wonderful things, experimenting with, you know, ancient yeah. flowers, heirloom flowers, all kinds of beautiful whole wheat, um, hand-milled flowers that, you know, we've kind of forgotten about in our culture of all-white flour everything. So, you know, I had not worked personally with einkorn that much myself, but I thought, well, this will be a fun experiment. And now I think it might be the only flower I ever use to make scones <laughs> wow. again. It wow. it really was that good. It has um, flavor. It kind of has like a... Yeah. It has flavor. flavor. <laughs> it has like a, well, a almost textured. kind of a,
2: actual flavor. It's
3: yeah, it's it's textured, sort of lightly sweet and like yeah. even a little bit mm. has a, a yellow tone to it because of all the yeah. natural beta carotene that occurs in it. So it's got like almost like a cornmeal type flavor to it that just comes from the wheat itself, which is just so wonderful and magical.
1: Yeah, and um people not celiac, but people with gluten sensitivity can often tolerate einkorn because of the way that it is raised and grown. And uh, Jovial Foods, I know, who, who brought einkorn back... Uh, in a major way have you know we had it on the show here and our gluten free friends on the show were all eating it and you know having no effect and plus we just loved it for its consistency there's a crunch on the outside of scones that I want and uh, for me too often people you know there's just kind of a softness on the exterior of a scone but when it has that brittle crunchy thing going on on the outside (sighs) Mm -hmm. and that's what einkorn flour does (laughs) so I was very excited about your, your recipe I wish I could taste that and so now I can um all all right so i just want to say we're we're going to tell you how in the next couple of minutes how to have um this is our thank you gift to you a a full year thanks to the generosity of Sever magazine a full year of the magazine comes to you or maybe you want to send it off to some food lover you know we love this here on the show and have for so long this magazine lucky to have Adam Sachs, editor in chief, and Stacy Adamondo, who's the test kitchen director, with us. Thank you both so so much, and we want to come down there and do a show. Okay, so we'll see you soon. Excellent. Thank you. We'll babe. make scones. Okay, that's a deal. We got a couple By other w- things we want you to make too. By which I mean, Stacy will make scones. Oh, you. I will okay. test them. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too, Adam. That'll be our job. Uh, okay. Thanks again. Thanks for supporting thank the show, the two for of you appreciate that. Thanks so much for Okay, us. you're welcome. Um, Chris Prosperi is with me, and so is Robin Doyon-Akin. And we are here to tell you that, thanks to Server, we are going to send you a year of the magazine. Coming every month, the surprises, the food history that you get to read about, where things came from. There's a food fight in the magazine about who invented the Reuben. <laughs> um, so you get food history, culture, armchair travel, Things you will and will not cook. The pictures are gorgeous. We're crazy about the magazine. So um, we love that they cook this up with us, so to speak. So for $5 a month, it is yours, our thank you gift. And here's the toll-free number, one eight hundred five eight four. 584 2788 if you want bring your charge card to the phone robin
4: we know you love to cook for the holidays and we've got plenty of great holiday recipes to share with you in the coming weeks give yourself and us an early christmas present by making a contribution to wnpr to help support the faith middleton food schmooze your contribution of five dollars a month means Sever magazine will pop up in your mailbox every month and by mailbox i'm talking about that thing at the end of your driveway not to be confused with your inbox though you can view Sever on your iPad, bring it in the kitchen with you, and cook from it while you're listening to the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze on the radio or our podcast, all with the satisfaction of knowing that you are helping make our program possible just by subscribing to a magazine you already know and love. Stop stealing your best friend's copy of Sever, Get your own subscription by calling 1-800-584-2788 and making a contribution of $5 a month to WNPR. It's a win-win. We're your favorite radio program, and Sever is your favorite magazine. Call the number or click the Donate button on wnpr.org or schmooze.org and make it official. You support us, and we stick around to bring you the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze Party every week. The number to call to support WNPR and the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze is 1-800-584-2788.
1: Thank you, Robin. So there's online contributing, right, Chris? So um, very simple. Uh, Chris listens to the show himself. Always on the podcast. Always the podcast, as many people do now. We send it to you. Um, you can sign up for it at foodschmooze.org. You'll see, sign up for the podcast. So you just put your email address in and you're done. And then there's no other fooling around. It just comes to you every time we have the show. So toll free. This entire year of sever Magazine, for you or someone, you might want to give the address of some foodie that you love. Maybe it's a present. Maybe there's an anniversary or birthday or something. Toll free one eight hundred five eight four twenty seven eighty eight. 584 2788 And um, thank you to those of you who've already done this. And um, if you've never tried it, I hope you will. And if you're a sustaining member and you keep giving every month or you're a dollar a day member, ah, special thanks to you. We would not be here without you. That is the truth. 1-800-584-2788. It's a privilege to do this kind of work. It really is. Uh, More than I can say, it is really what makes me want to get up in the morning is to be able to say, look what we found for you. Uh, You need to know about these people. And the idea that we make a match, somebody's doing something so talented, and then we say to you, here's where you can find them. And then this match is made, and everybody's happy. Wow. That's joy as far as we're concerned. That's what the Food Schmooze is all about, our party. 1-800-584-2788. And thanks.